We are finally at that point in the year where it's just flying by. It is the last day of August. Today, by the way, is Monday, August 31st, and September starts tomorrow. Hi and hello! You found the podcast for moms who don't have time for podcasts. You can think of me as your internet bestie as we share recommendations, laugh about the ridiculous things we see online, and cheer each other on. I'm Indiana Adams, and today, by the way, is the short and sweet podcast that hopefully brightens your day. I am so glad you're here. I'm in a group text with four other women, and last night I texted them that no one in Chadwick Boseman's inner circle leaked his personal information, that he had advanced cancer and was literally dying in front of the world, and they told no one. I think I finally have made friends who would do likewise for me. For in the first time in a long time, I have friends that I trust, friends that I can talk about the good stuff, the hard stuff, and the silly things with ease, and friends that will drop whatever to give me advice or to cheer me on or to cheer me up. We talk about friendship fairly regularly here on Today, by the way. One of my favorite episodes to date was an off-the-cuff one that I did last January when I was in Austin at a noonday conference and snuck away to share my icebreaker tips for starting deeper conversations with people you just met. Little did I know that the women I roomed with that weekend would be some of my dearest confidence months later, the same women that I texted last night. On this show, we have talked about leveling up friendships, that is, helping existing friendships to go deeper, but we haven't discussed the hard things in established friendships. Things like friendships that feel like they are running their course, or unbalanced friendships where one is doing all the pursuing and the other doesn't seem to reciprocate, and friendships that seem irreparably broken. So can we go here today? Just a little bit? Our community challenge this week is to send that text to a friend that you've lost connection with. Someone DM'd me and pondered if the pandemic had killed casual friendships. You know, those friends that you see like at your kids' school or at church or the gym or work. And because you see them, they're in your orbit and you have all these built-in touch points with them and you keep adding to that friendship. But since life isn't back to where it was prior to COVID, a lot of these friendships have fallen by the wayside. I think it's okay to acknowledge that. You don't even have to apologize. Your text could be as simple as, hey, I just thought of you, so I'm checking in to see how you're doing. That's it. Text without expectation, though. You may not get a response. Give them grace. I mean, how many times have you gotten a text where you're in the middle of something or driving and you mean to get back or more likely you answered in your head and you thought you replied and then weeks later you realized you didn't and now you're too embarrassed to respond. So I'm asking you to go first without expectation. Take that first step to rebuild a lost connection. The world isn't going to be like this forever, I promise. So let's work on rebuilding those connections. And let us know in our Facebook group how that went. I'll be totally honest here and let you know that as soon as I sat down to write this episode, I started to have some serious regrets about it. I have some broken friendships, some which are my fault, some which are not. And no matter how I wrote the episode, it was just a total downer. It's a downer of a topic, broken friendships. I mean, there's no way for me to spin this like, la la la, everything's going to be fine. Because sometimes it's not no matter what we do or wished were different. 
I had to scrap two different versions of this episode, and I finally surmised that the only way I can do this episode is if I'm allowed to talk about it from a faith perspective. It's my prayer that even if you are not a Christian, that this episode still holds value for you and that the universal truths still ring true. But for me, I can't talk about brokenness unless I can also talk about peace and restoration and healing, things that I believe can only be done through the Lord. First, let me just say this up front. Post-college friendship is hard. I speak at MOPS groups, and my most requested talk is on friendship, how to capture it, how to grow and sustain it, and when to let it go. I think it's important to frame up what friendship is and how it comes into our lives. And this quote by C.S. Lewis from The Four Loves just puts it together so beautifully. He writes, In friendship, we think we have chosen our peers. In reality, a few years difference in the date of our births, a few miles between certain homes, the choice of one university instead of the other, the accident of a topic being raised or not being raised at first meeting, any of these chances might have kept us apart. But for a Christian, there are, strictly speaking, no chances. A secret master of ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to his disciples, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. The friendship is not a reward for our discriminating and good taste in finding one another out. It is the instrument by which God reveals to each of us the beauties of others. (sighs) Wow. So, if we view healthy, God-seeking friendships as a gift from God, I think we can offer those friends the kind of grace and loyalty that Christ models for us, and we can hold those friendships close to our hearts, but loose in our hands. When you get married, everyone tells you that marriage is work. I found my old diaries from when Chris and I first got married, and I can tell you, four weeks in I wrote, have I made a huge mistake? We have had to put a lot of work into our marriage for it to have even survived. Our first five years were a total shipwreck, and to this day, we are still doing repairs. There are days, even now, when I wonder, should we have jumped ship after all? Or days when I think that our boat is sinking or has been anchored for too long in one spot. And I don't know, there's there's probably lots of ship analogies that can go here. Marriage is work. Like a good crew, we all have our parts to do, and we have to perform regular maintenance to stay afloat, and we have to defend ourselves from pirates. (laughs) We're getting lost in the analogies, aren't we? But anyway, no one tells you that friendship is work. We believe that friendship should be easy, that it should always be uplifting and life-giving and laughter and cheers and ride or die and sisterhood rah-rah. When my marriage was at its lowest point, my friends will tell you that Our friendship between us, our friendship wasn't easy. There are seasons when a friendship is a burden. And for some, there are times when a friendship has reached its conclusion, no matter how wonderful it was when it first began. And that's really hard to reconcile. We believe that if we put in the work, that our investment will yield something. We even use language like that when we talk about friendships. We say things like, oh, you should invest in your friendship. It's worth it. I now have trouble with this language because it has come to bite me in recent years. I put the time and work into what was, at the time, what I thought was a true and good friendship. And when it all unraveled, I was so hurt. 
and I still carry some of that hurt with me. I had put in the time, I had given vulnerability and fun and a couple years of investing in that, and I got nothing but hurt in return. It's been a few years since that all came crumbling down around me, and I do have a new perspective. In our case, I had put some really unfair expectations on this friendship. I was new to the area, desperate for friends at our church, and I had these friendships from college that, for me, defined what a friendship should be. When everything in this one friendship fell apart, a really wise woman at my church shared with me something that I had not considered before. Some friendships are just for a season, and you have to be okay with that. She pointed out that it would be ridiculous for me to still want to be with my boyfriend from high school. That when the relationship was good, it was good, but it had its place in my life. And that when a friendship ends, it's going to sting like a breakup. I can choose to appreciate the good in the relationship when it existed, or I can choose to be angry about it ending. For a long time, it was both of those things. But over time, it stings less. I do still pray daily that the bridge between us would de-ice and that one day that the bridge between us would be strong enough to carry the weight of a friendship again and that one day we will trust that the bridge between us won't collapse on us again. But maybe, maybe that prayer won't be answered until the other side of eternity. For now, we just swing really wide around each other. I know this is a hard topic and I feel like we're just getting started, but I do need to take a quick break to honor this episode's sponsor. As I mentioned, I'm in a group text thread with four other women and they just so happen to be other Noonday ambassadors. And our sweet friendship has been the surprise of the year for me. When I joined Noonday as an ambassador, I expected that I would be fired up to support the artists and business partners we work with. As a longtime customer, I expected that I would be wowed by our beautiful jewelry every season. And by doing trunk shows, I expected that I would love connecting with new people to share the Noonday story. I did not expect that the sisterhood of ambassadors would give me so much hope for the world. What a gift it is to connect with women who care about others so much that they do something about it. And I'll be totally honest here. It has been a gift having the opportunity to share something good like Noonday Collection with my network during a time where we're all sharing things that are so divisive and heavy. This year, Noonday has given me the ability to connect with women all over the world, and it's given me the opportunity to be more generous. I've been able to give to be the bridge, fostering hope, and to contribute to help fund adoptions. If you would like to partner with me to host an online trunk show between now and the holidays, please let me know. And if you'd like to ask me any questions about stepping up to be a Noonday ambassador to help artisans and vulnerable communities sell their jewelry and accessories here, please drop me a line. There's more info at indiananoonday.com. And now, back to the show. Someone asked me on my Instagram, how do we know when it's time to let a friendship go? And that is such a hard question. There are a lot of questions about what to do if a good friend of yours believes something radically different than you about issues such as Black Lives Matter or Trump. And let me just say this. I have a work friend who posted on her Facebook page that if you follow her and you are a Trump supporter, to stop following her. That she believed that she is so diametrically different than anyone who is a Trump supporter that you can no longer have anything in common and to go ahead and sever the connection. And I totally see her point of view. If, if politics is the only place where you put your hope and if you see it as the most important channel for the outworking of your faith. 
but I just can't make the same bold call. Do you have historic friends? Friends who have been your friends for the most formative years of your life? Ben Rector has a song about this called Old Friends, and I listen to it when I'm feeling especially nostalgic for my historic friends. And I'll link it in the show notes for you to listen to. Under this umbrella, I count friends from school, elementary all the way through college, because that's when proximity bonding happens. Those late night conversations, either at sleepovers or marathon phone calls or dorm room chats. It's, it's being privy to someone's highest highs or their lowest lows, like walking with a kid through the divorce of their parents or giving pep talks to a friend who has been horrifically dumped from a long-term relationship. And it's figuring out the maze of what you're going to do with your life, be it what college you go to or what major in college you want to study or where you move after college or what kind of job you seek. My college friends witnessed my first devastating breakup. They watched me grow in my faith. They saw me struggle academically, and we did so many late-night Wendy's runs together. The friendships that I still hold dear from those days were the women that saw me at my absolute worst and loved me anyway. We're all very different now. We live in different parts of the country. We have different lifestyles and priorities. We parent very differently from each other, and our kids are different ages. If we were to meet now, I don't know if those bonds would be forged at all. I want to say it plainly. Sometimes a historical friendship can survive time, even if you're very different from each other. And then sometimes it can't. Sometimes there's a reason for that, but most of the time there isn't. I talk about B sometimes on the show, but she's my best friend from college, for those of you who need a reminder. She actually wasn't my best friend during college. We didn't get close until our last year there when we hung out together with two other girls all the time. But now I count Brooke, whom I met at college, as one of my dearest friends. But I do also recognize that we're very different than each other. But because we have so much dirt on each other, we will never betray each other. But really, our historical bond is what keeps our long-distance friendships still precious today. When tragedy or triumph strikes, we would drop everything and make that trip to see each other. And that kind of loyalty, combined with two decades of being in each other's lives, trumps whatever differences we have in the way that we parent or who we vote for or how we spend our money. Because of our long-standing history, we get that honor with each other, whereas with new friends— Typically, they need to be a little more aligned with me. I would have a really hard time cleanly cutting off a historical friendship. And I truly believe that in those kind of friendships, you can have the tough conversations. You can ask, wow, we believe totally different things here. And I would just love to talk about how we came to believe such different things, despite us, you know, having the same faith or having the same background or or what have you. You can even ask, what's a resource that you love that can help me understand you better here? And then commit to reading it and talking about it with her. But also, if it's a casual relationship or a historic friendship that isn't deep, you can just let it go. You see, I have other friends from high school and college who I hang on to because they're historic friends. We catch up on Messenger once a decade, maybe, and social media has allowed us to feel like we're actually friends. I have watched my high school friends become parents, and I've watched their kids grow up through the lens of Facebook, and I can like photos of their kids winning a soccer match and feel like we've been friends for years and years. And when I do visit my hometown, I make it a point to see as many of those people in person as I can. 
for a lot of us, we're actually closer now than when we were in high school. Being able to DM each other is a touch point. Back in the 90s, when a kid would graduate from high school and had plans to go away for college, they said goodbye to their high school friends. They didn't have the reassurance that MySpace or Facebook or Snapchat or texting would allow them to stay connected. I don't want to discount historic friendships. I think we have the tendency to poo-poo them, but I think that if good questions can be asked and you genuinely care about a person, that you can sustain a friendship over social media, especially if you chat regularly and make a point to get to know a person for who they are now versus your nostalgic picture of them. But if you're just liking photos, I would say that what you have is an affection for someone versus a friendship. That can be delightful too, but you can also cut it off if their posts make you angry. I can't even tell you how many people that I adore that I have muted on Facebook right now. And that's okay. I do think it's important to suss out if a friendship is a friendship or if it's an affection. Between you, do you share love or do you share nostalgia? Do you love them for who they are now or do you love the idea of who they were at a particular point in your timeline? Asking these questions has really helped me to not take things personally if someone says something that offends me and they're really just a person that I had affection for and not someone that I have a friendship with. But how do you know if what you have is a friendship but what they think you have is an affection? If you feel like you are doing all the work to sustain a friendship, this is okay. My feelings would get hurt time and time again when I would keep inviting people to things and they would keep saying no. Or they would say yes and then never return the favor of inviting me over or to do something. Finally, I just went through the Old Testament and found all the obvious instances where God pursued his people and they rebuffed him. Here's what I think is so important. We were created by a triune God, which means a God that is a trinity, who is the very definition of perfect community. And we were made in God's image. So that means that we were created to be in community. That's why across all cultures and time, loneliness bothers us so much. That's why humanity has always craved love and friendship. To pursue someone in friendship knowing that you may not be pursued is godly. It can be exhausting, and yes, it is a blow to the ego, but it is a mark of your maker. And remember, if you have to rebuff someone, you can tell them, hey, I know I keep saying no, but I'm in a weird season right now. Please keep asking me. I really appreciate it. And if you keep feeling like you're doing all the work, take a moment to consider her season. Is her house always a mess because the kids are always home? Is their spouse super busy so she wants to use her spare time to connect with him? Is she just really tired from the demands of work and motherhood? Would she be more open to impromptu get-togethers instead of something planned in advance? Can you just ask her if you can join her for an errand that she's got to run so you can quickly catch up? There, There's a myriad of reasons on why she may keep saying no. Try not to take it personally. Okay, friend, that is it for today. This fully recorded episode actually ended up being 40 minutes long, so I thought it would be best if we broke it into two different episodes so we could really spend time talking about what we've talked about. Part two will come this Friday. 
There's just a few links in the show notes at todaybytheway.com slash episodes. And this is an important topic, so I imagine our Facebook group will be a buzz with conversation about friendship this week. The link to that group is also in the show notes. A quick reminder, our next community prompt is tell us about a teacher you still remember. You can leave that voicemail on our Instagram account at Today, by the way. Just start with your first name and where you're from to be included in our next subscribers-only episode. Our friendship here is one of my greatest joys. If our conversation has only been one way thus far, please reach out and DM me anytime so that we can level up this friendship. Wouldn't it be marvelous if one day we were more than internet friends and we were in real life friends? I feel like you know a lot about me, so I would love to learn a little bit more about you. Today is a new day, and friend, I am cheering you on.